Today on The Breakdown, 13 players remain. An unlucky 13, perhaps. Perhaps not. Is unlucky and 13, are they really joined together at the hip? Or is that just, is that just superstition? <laughs> We're going to investigate that on this show. Wait. I'm being told I'm being told we are not going to investigate that on this show and that is not at all what we're doing in any way shape or form. Oh, okay, this this is the other show. It's the podcast. We're doing a poker hand, people. It's Danny Tang against Pedro Marquish. There's 13 left in Barcelona EPT 2018 and that may not sound like a whole thing, but they've already locked up $100,000 and there's still $1.7 million for first baby. And Marquise has been a little spewy, a little out there. He's been pretty bluffy. And Danny Tang's got to figure out how to handle this guy when Marquise decides to play a big pot with him. You know, sometimes you just got to Rick and Morty this shit, and that's what we're doing right here on The Breakdown. <laughs> Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. <laughs> words together they make sentences that have meaning and sometimes they don't i feel like i kind of that one made sense you, right. you got a rick and morty something break it down for me what does it mean to rick and morty something <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't expecting to get called out of the carpet i thought we're, we're just gonna move on well rick and morty something so you're gonna have to like uh it's sort of like macgyvering it except it's smarter than that you know like you do a better job <laughs> that you know, I don't know about smarter. Science. I don't know about smarter because MacGyver shit always worked. Yeah, so, but, Rick, but the kind of stuff, the kind of problems MacGyver was trying to solve versus the kind of problems Rick solves in Rick and Morty it's, are it's, not comparable. It's more sciency. How about rather than smarter? I think MacGyver would take a little exception to the fact that using a rubber band to like make lemonade isn't science. <laughs> that, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Using a rubber band to make lemonade. All I need is a rubber band. Do you not need lemons? Of course I don't need lemons. <laughs> yeah. Lemons? What am I? A grandma? I don't know what yeah. you would say there. You lost steam there. Yeah. Um, Hey, there's like almost 2,000 people in this 5K buy-in tournament. That's massive. There were, anyway. Now we're down to 13. Well, yeah, but that's, that's such a big tournament. That is a big tournament. You and I have played in many tournaments that size, but you know it's because we played at the World Series. But yeah, and those are usually less than 5K except for the main event, yes, right? Like 1,500. Right. Yeah, yeah, I would say, except for the main event, I don't know if there's ever been a, a, like a 10K that's had 2,000 people in it that wasn't the main event. I'm not sure if there ever was. I don't know. Probably not. But yeah, so 5,000 people, to your point. There's a lot of people, 2,000 people. Well, so is 5,000. Yeah, 5,000 is also a lot. Yeah. A lot of people for a poker tournament. Yeah. It is always interesting to play in a poker tournament where there are like, I many times, many times, like three times, I played in a poker tournament with, you know, like 9,000 people in it and like gone relatively deep. And it's weird to just sort of like, you know, you're just sort of sitting there playing poker for a few hours and you look up and like 3,000 people are I know, it's so fast because, like yeah. you know, it's just, it's just numbers. That's just how yeah. it works. But you get to the point in the tournament where like the blinds are up, people are a little desperate and it's just like, you just lose, it's like just evaporating. In know, tournaments like that, it's like, um, there's like an ebb and flow of, of eliminations as, yeah. as chip consolidation happens and then it kind of disperses again. And so like... 
when chips consolidate quickly, it, it seems to all kind of happen. It's probably some, there's probably some mathematical modeling you can do on this, right? Where, but you know what I mean, right? When you're in mm-hmm. those big tournaments and you, you're like, oh, we're in one of the parts where like the average stack has gotten bigger. And so it's gonna, the elimination is going to go slower. And then as the blinds go up, then there's, there's a dispersal of wealth. And you know what consolidation is coming, which means a lot of people are going to bust. Yeah. 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 It, but it is interesting. Just before you hit that first big consolidation and you can see it coming... And it's like, oh, yeah, we're just about to start losing people. And then, like, blammo, like, tables just suddenly, like, you look around. This happens a lot. Like, I know you've experienced this in uh, the Amazon room, let's say. Although they they won't be doing that anymore in the Amazon room. They'll be doing it in uh, the new Horseshoe Casino. Kind of sad. Um, But, like, where you look, like, you're just playing, you're playing, you look up, and, like, you know, 85% of the tables are just empty. Right. There's just no one in the, there's, like, you know, you and, like, eight other tables or five other tables. It's like the last day of school. And yeah, everybody's just left like, the cafeteria. Just like, like, whoa. I, and you didn't, I personally, I don't ever notice it, you know, because I'm just like, look, yeah, I'm just focused on my table, and right. that's all I'm ever thinking about with it. But to look up and have it be like that is always pretty, it's a cool feeling. It always happens with table breaking with me. You know, you're in the middle of this mm. massive field of tables at the beginning of this World yeah. Series event. And then if you're not facing the table break, all of a sudden, yeah. you're like, that's look right. behind you. It's like, what? there's like 80 unoccupied tables behind me. This is strange. Totally. Yeah. Totally. It's cool. Yeah. Tournament poker, fun stuff. Yeah. Anyway, what was the thing that you were saying? I had a, a thought to, about the thing you were saying in the opening, the, so at the Rick very and, Rick and Morty. No, at the true. very beginning when you were like purporting the podcast to be about something. Oh that I, yeah, what was I saying? I can't believe I can't remember it now. Something about food or something. <laughs> I don't remember either. I started. I it was the podcast started so badly that I basically abandoned it and started it again. That's how. That's how rough it was. I really wanted to talk about whatever that thing really? was. You think? Yeah, I'm I, sure so, I can't find it in my brain now. There are a now. lot of listeners who are like, "You fucking moron." Of course there are. Yeah, and and a lot of them didn't have to go back because they're like, "I'm just listening." But right. you understand, we're doing more than just listening. We're, we're thinking, creating. We're thinking. We're, we're we're it's alchemy. Unlike you, fucking people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're fucking motherfuckers. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember it all. Honestly, I'm sorry. It's really sad because I, I, I can't either. <laughs> I said not that thing. Oh, it's the podcast about poker hands, and then we started to do this thing yeah. instead. But yeah, I don't know what I was pretending we were doing instead at all. It's so strange that neither of us can even get a whiff of it. I'm so far from it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, we got Pedro Marquish. We got Danny Tang. We got a suggestion by Magnet Carta on Twitter. Magnet Carta, one of doing the greats. It, doing it like it's the Stone Age, suggesting on Twitter. But still. Still, one of the greats. You can send me a, uh, a suggestion via Owl. I don't mind. Owl Graham. It's fine. I'm in. If it's a good suggestion, it's all, it's all the same to me. Okay. You know? You can smoke signal that shit. I'm cool. Can you read smoke signals? I didn't I know mean, this was a skill of yours. If you do it in words, <laughs> you know? Like, of course I can read it. Yeah. It's a weird... Also, you could probably, there's probably like, you know, an agreed upon language we could come up with, and then I could probably read it too. Yeah, <laughs> that's that what you mean. You, I, there were agreed upon <laughs> languages yeah. that were used for smoke so signals. So then, yes, of course I could read them if I knew the agreed upon language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like you're, I don't know. I don't know if you're being really dumb or just attacking me. I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the two options. Um, Gaslighting. So the evolution of smoke signals was then Morse code, I suppose. It seems that way. It would, it would seem logical if that's, if that's the What case. percentage of the human population do you think knows Morse code? Oh, right now. Yeah. Um, less than 1%. Yeah. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with like 0.1%. 
0.6%. I think more than one out of every 200 people. A decent chunk it. of military people still know it probably, right? Yeah, and like there's like super nerdy kids who are probably into it still yeah. and it's probably useful stuff. if you're in any sort of high risk exploring type situation like astronauts and stuff like that where oh, like yeah. if there's some way to to create Morse code via sound or visual or something, it can be a way to communicate when other communications fail. Yeah, I think and I think it's probably less than one over two hundred people, even as we're saying yeah. the, the groups who would know it. Maybe it's like point three percent. So it's like you know, one every like three hundred people. Yeah. I don't know. How much how much, what percentage of the population do you think knew it in like nineteen thirty five? I mean, see I would guess twelve percent, fifteen percent. Yeah, maybe. Like every kid knew it and like you know or maybe didn't know it no, but like knew enough that they could do some, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean I can do a little bit, right? I can do SOS. I think that's all I can do. Oh yeah? Yeah. Do it. It's um like beep 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 because that's S O S. You just made a lot of robots it's very d- horny. Dot 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 dash 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 dot dot dot. That's it. I know that. Um but yeah, like you know, also back in the day when there were like, I guess there still are like ships, like naval ships and submarines and stuff. But there was, it feels like it was more of a thing back then. With maybe it was always the same. But like you, you needed to know Morse code because like if you were in real trouble, you'd get a hammer and pound against the hull and hope someone yeah. fucking heard you, and, and that people have been saved. Like ships, ships worth of people have been saved because of that. You know, at least in book form. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's real, but uh, in, in like movies and books, they've done that. Sometimes. Yeah. So probably at least once in real life. I feel like Morse code is. Well, this is not a surprise, but it's well overrepresented in movies and TV mm. versus how, but maybe the situations that are in movies and TV warrant that. I don't know. I mean, probably not. Yeah. There's, I always felt like Morse code was like hard. Like it should be easier than that, shouldn't it? Like, come on, <laughs> man. Like there's all, there's two things that also two types of signals and they represent the combinations of which represent everything. Like, come on. I mean, that's the whole basis of computing binary. That's dumb. <laughs> Moving okay. on. Well, you, you just made the robots a lot less horny when you said that. Oh, I think they some of them really like that. Because <laughs> they're like, yeah. oh, yeah, tell me it's put bad. Me, put me in my place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a robot. I love it. <laughs> tell me I'm useless. Tell me I have no purpose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, hey, um, before we really dive into this hand. Yeah. Because I know you're, you're I, gagging to do it. Oh, yeah, you know me. So the two players are Danny Tang and Pedro Marquiche. And I don't think I had heard of either player. I don't think you've heard of, had heard of either I player. knew of Marquiche because we've done a hand long time ago, like right after this tournament came out probably. I think from this tournament, I think it may have been the same two players, actually. Okay. Even, I think. Where Marquiche has... Um, Gets, I think it's Tang to fold ace queen like on the flop after he like five bets some like seven threes off or something like that. You know, I don't know, something like that. Maybe it wasn't against Danny Tang, but he does that. Anyway, so here's the question because you're Mr. Hendon. Oh, over God, there. but these aren't like known I players. know, that's why it's going to be interesting. What is the Hendon for Pedro Marquis and what is the Hendon for Danny Tang? It's okay, we're all going to learn together. Okay. No one expects you to get these right. That's good. Yeah. Pedro Marquis is going to be around. And I, because I know uh, it's, inclu- little... it's including the cash that he has. Yeah, in this, I have, in this I have event. some information on yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's okay. Uh, he's going to be nine eighty. Um, it's actually two point three million. Oh wow, it's a little bit more than one might think. Uh, yeah, he uh, he actually had four caches in the most recent World Series as well, although not for any significant money. Uh, but yeah, he's had some significant caches for Shizzle, including winning a ten k buy in at EPT Barcelona in twenty nineteen. Oh wow, not the main event. 
but still uh, a 10K buy-in all the same. Not two shabs. So he's got some chops. He's got some chops. Yeah, he also played in that same series a 25K buy-in and finished third. Wow. Uh, like a week later. So not too shabby at all. Also in the main event, he finished, well, he, he cashed in the main that year. But yeah, he's got, he's got some chops. So that's kind of interesting. All right, Danny Tang. Daniel Tang, actually. 640000 $9.1 million. Whoa, so I, he's, he's a thing. I thought that I was guess I should have known who Danny Tang was. I guess you should have. His biggest cash is not from this event, is $1.8 million. So he won something, it seems. Yeah. I'm going to try and figure out what that was as we go. Um, but yeah, like I was really surprised. This is why I wanted to do it. Oh, he won a 50K high roller WSOP event in 2019 for $1.6 but that's not his biggest cash. Okay, so he's a high roller. This he's actually a, like This a, is a thing, yeah. Okay, so we're not, I'm definitely going to get killed, and so are you, by the listeners for not knowing who Danny Tang is. Here's what he did. He actually didn't win. He finished second in the Triton main event in Montenegro uh, for $1.8 million. I thought the name was familiar, but I just, what it is. I just hadn't really like seen hands that he had played, I guess. Yeah, this was a 125k buy-in event. Okay, he's a, he's the real deal. He plays high rollers a lot and is the real deal, I guess. Okay, that's cool. That gives us something to work with, anyway. Uh, all right, now we know more about these players. I thought that would be interesting because just as easily they both could have been under a million bucks. I mean, right? both of them have significantly better, especially Tang, but significantly better results than I expected. Obviously, of course, like Tang being at nine million, it's like what? We should have known who this guy is, probably. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Our bad. Well, now we do. Now we're going to... This is how it happens. Now we're going to watch him play this hand and see if we think he's terrible. Yeah, we're going to be like, this guy sucks. But yeah. now, now we'll be more careful to say that. Yeah, we'll like, be like, oh, he's a high roller who's had success. I'm sure there's reasons for everything. <laughs> <laughs> All anyway. Right, let's do it. Yeah, hey, uh, we're going to have solver work done on this. It's going to yes. be done by Danny Sprung. He's going to post his work on Discord. Uh, so if you want to see his entire work... Check out our Discord. There's a link in the description. Also, you know, fun stuff to talk about there. At the end of this podcast, we're going to take a break, come back, and talk about the solver work, but we haven't seen it yet. Yeah, um, so not yet, but at some point, Danny Spring will have Danny Sprung. I did it. Wow, you really (laughs) were sitting on that one. I've been sitting on that one for about 40 seconds, and I'm very excited. (laughs) (laughs) You're very excited. It's really exciting. Well, spring is sprung, so I was like, there's got to be a thing I can do with that. I figured it out, (laughs) and it was genius. That's why you're the best. Yeah. The best in the business. All right. So you say that, but you don't mean it. What? <laughs> no, I mean like you say it with sarcasm, but you don't mean it with sarcasm. Oh. So you do mean it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Someone said this to like the, uh, the awards part where they go like, best podcast awards. That bit right there, that was good stuff. That's going to get us. The, we're going <laughs> to get nominated. We've never been nominated for an award. I don't think. But we're going to be this time for our podcast. So the book, the book was nominated, but. I think it was best book ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> best drama. We beat, we beat out Moby Dick. Best comedy. Uh, yeah. Anyway. All right. 13 players remain. Current payouts around 100K. Okay. Blinds are 40 and 80,000. Danny Tang, known high roller. Danny Everybody, Tang. Anybody who knows anything about poker knows who Danny Tang is. Yeah. He's got 1.72 million, so not a ton. He's got like 22 blinds. Um, 21 and a half. No. No, no, no. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> Yes, 22 blinds. Yeah. Sorry. What's wrong with you? I got confused. Ace of spades, nine of diamonds on the button. He's going to make it 165. Cool. Sure. Now It's all good. Something that maybe not cool about this. Now, maybe it doesn't matter. Uh-oh. But um, 
the announcers are all talking about how Marquise has like an infinite defending range, and mm. Marquise is in the big blind. Yeah. Should now maybe it doesn't matter what he makes it. Maybe if Tang three X's it, Marquise is calling with everything anyway. Uh, but these these chips are very important to Tang at this point, right? Like with twenty two blinds, he'd love to raise and take it with Ace nine off. So if you could generate more fold equity with more than a min raise, do you think it? Do you think that's likely? Right. Uh, maybe maybe you just can't, and you know that. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe you have to like four and a half exit, and then it's not worth doing. Right. Um. Also, maybe Tang, if, if Pedro has an infinite defending range, maybe Tang actually thinks, like, one of the ways I chip up in this tournament is to play pots where I have a stronger range than he does and I get to be in position. And so, like, yeah, that's not true. so bad. Like, yeah. this is one of the places where I, I probably, uh, my highest EV type of a spot is, like, right about now. That's, that's reasonable and fair, especially considering that the money jumps are not going to be that significant for the next couple spots, at least. And, you know, 22 blinds is not enough to hold on to and, and hope to, for the big money. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, you could just be, like... I mean, I guess you're calling a shove against Pedro Marquez, I assume, no matter Marquise. what. Marquise. excuse me. I spelled Marquez. I mean, no, it's spelled Marquise and Marquez. It's confusing. Anyway... You uh, hate the Portuguese, huh? You just hate them? The Portuguese hate me. I have no feeling for okay. the Portuguese in any direction. Um, <laughs> but I'm saying, of course, he's, I assume he's calling a shove against uh, Marquise uh, shove here. Assuming Marquise, with his infinite defending range and with his... We've seen... I don't know if it's after this hand, before this hand. I don't actually know if it's up against Danny Tang, but where he went on like a crazy big bluff with nothing spot when... You know, mm-hmm. like put it all on the line, kind of a thing. He's he's capable of all that. So if Danny knows that at all, I would assume he's calling off with Ace Nine. Is what yeah, I'm getting to probably. Obviously, against certain players, you would never call off against Ace Nine. You just have to fold it. But against but against the really good players, you have to call. I mm-hmm. think even twenty two blinds, although it sucks. Okay, so the small blind folds. Who is uh, John Juwanda? We're not going to get any Juwanda oh, action here. No, no Juwanda. Juwanda folded trips. No Juwanda for you. Okay, yeah. Uh, Marquis in the big blind has seven point three million, so he's doing well. You know, he's, yeah, he's got he almost really 90 blinds. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. 91. Pretty sweet spot. He's got 10 three of hearts and he's infinite defending range. I and, mean, and that's a call anyway. It's right? a call anyway and no problem. So he calls. Sure. Pot's 450,000. Okay. The flop is three of clubs, three of diamonds, deuce of spades. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, Marquise makes trips. Pretty sweet. Yeah. He checks. Danny Tang checks. Discuss the Danny Tang check. It's pretty interesting on a board like this where you think you're getting a lot of folds, you yeah. would assume. The only reasons to check here, I think, are because we are afraid that Marquise is going to put us to the test too often and we can't hang on. Like, we think we're going to get check raised a lot. Like, we should probably not play. Unless, if we think we're going to get check raised. with it. Yeah, if we think we're going to get check raised too much, that means we yeah. should go with it. Okay. Um, but if we don't want to do that with ace high here, where we feel like, eh, you know, like also like if we get check raised, Marquise has reasonable equity against us no matter what, right? I mean, he could have a weaker nine or a weaker ace. Oh, that's true. Actually, you're right. He could. He could have like ace four, ace five. Yeah, that'd be kind of dreamy. Yeah. Even then, he's like, I mean, he's like thirty two percent, but that's not so bad, right? Um, we can live with that. Uh, maybe a little less, maybe twenty nine percent, but whatever. Um. Yeah, okay. Uh, but I can't see any other reason why he's checking back. Oh, the other reason to check back, of course, sorry, is to induce yeah. bets on turns and rivers. That's what I think it is. Because um, it, like, if, if your theory is correct that Danny Tang wants to be in the spot where he's in position with a better hand yeah. than Marquise's range, 
that that means he wants to play high variance in this in this pot right now against Marquise. And the way to do that is to just call, call, right? Like let Marquise take shots. And if he's not going to check raise a ton, which we don't know if he is or not, yeah. maybe he takes shots on turns and rivers all the time. But we don't want to just randomly call. No, call. I mean, not on, not on terrible runouts. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I mean, it's cool to have a plan for sure. Um, I mean, ace nine rates to be the best hand here. Most it isn't, but most of the time. Yeah. Right. And so it seems like if he's checking here, he's checking. One, because he can spike something anyway, you know, and for free and not get blown off the hand. But two, more to your point, he's going to have to call a lot of turns. Yeah, but right. I like the counter to this, of course, is like you often have the best hand. If you don't have the best hand, you're not getting a fold. That's fine. But because yeah. you often have the best hand, equity denial is so valuable. If you just take a small stab yes. here and win the pot, you add 25% to your stack. I mean, that's really good. Yeah. You don't have to bet very much. Although on a 3-3 three, three deuce board, maybe you have to bet a little bit more, right? Because, like, everything's an overcard or a pair. So, like... Into 450, you could bet probably 175 to 200. Yeah, I would think 200 would get the job done against, like, 8-7 yeah. or something like that. Even the rich guy is probably just going to fold 8-7, right. right? Like, what's the point of calling? Um, yeah. So, so I kind of want to just win the pot right now. Unless we... Again, unless we feel, if we feel like Mar- Marquesh is check raising a lot, Marquesh. This happens with you with names every time. We we've it's, said the name. There's a reason why. Just keep it in your head. <laughs> it's because I had a friend who played poker who I met in the at the 2006 World Series uh, main event, whose name was Nathan Marquez, and it was spelled almost exactly like this, and it's throwing me off every. So I'm trying to like say, oh, it's not Marquez, it's Marquesh, but I go Mar Marque. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Yeah, what was seems... the beginning of this podcast again? I have no idea. Was it about fighting? I think it was about fighting. No. Someone punching someone. I think someone punches. Someone punches you in the face <laughs> and you're dead. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what it was. That's what happens. It's a, good, it's a good, good opening. Yeah. I shouldn't have abandoned it so quickly. Right. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so you're right, though. Like, he's, che- he's got to be checking to induce, right? Yeah. There's no other obvious. And maybe, maybe that is the right expected value play against this player, but, man... I really want to bet. I really just want to deny equity. Uh, me too. Me too. And and we have to we just have to have a plan for betting, right? Are we going with this or not? Right. And I don't know what the answer is, quite frankly. Yeah, it really depends on what your opinion on Marquise is. I mean, he's got to be pretty live wiry for us to go with it. Yeah. When we have this many blinds still back. Yeah. Like we started with twenty two, we now have twenty. We could bet another three. We'd still have seventeen blinds. That's more than enough to last forever in this right. tournament. So we shouldn't just like call off seventeen blinds if we bet three right now. Well, we should if we think or it's the right thing. And a half. If we think it's the right. right thing to do, right? No, but we have to. But he's got to be pretty live wiry. Like if he just has like five six off, he's got how many outs? He's got ten outs twice. You know? Yeah, that's we have like, redraws against a lot of them. Um, that's true. We do have redraws, and in fact, we are ahead. Like we'd be, we'd throw for him that five yeah. six off. But if five six off is like the worst hand he's doing it with, which it might be. Um, like if he's, if, he, if he'll do it with any two cards, it's really yeah, different yeah, than if, if he'll do it with, with equity. I think if he's an any two card type Oh, we bet call. Yeah, like, it, like, let's go. It's like I have a range advantage in the big blind. I'm going for it, and he's going for it every time. Then just go for it. Yeah, you just, you just don't fold. Yeah. Right. But, but assuming he's doing this with equity, which by 2018 most players are, yeah. um, then I don't know that we can call. Unless he has exactly ace four or ace five, then we're in great shape. Well, we that, might be, that. that might be the case that the the combination of wanting to bluff catch later and not wanting to have to deal with the check raise yeah. scenario might lead to to Tang checking back. Yep. Also you might do fine where you get you induce a lot of turn bets and then a lot of river checks 
and where he just gives up because yeah. he feels like you're doing exactly this and he's just like, forget it. Like, mm-hmm. And then you get to win a, a bigger pot without having to risk all your stack, yep. which is kind of cool too. Well, that's what happens. Check, check. Okay, check, check. Checks in the mail is not what you're going to have to hear from Nitrogen Sports. Because they don't have a, a mouth. They don't. They're an entity. Sure, there's that. They're a corporation. But also, they don't, you don't have to like wait for a check if you want to cash out. You bit, right. You get your Bitcoin in 90 minutes or less from Nitrogen Sports. When 90 you cash minutes out. or less. And if you get it in any more time than 90 minutes, they give you a free pizza. That would be pretty great. But I, would, I would lie all the time. I'd be like, I didn't get it in 90 minutes. I don't care what the blockchain says. Nitrogen, <laughs> give me my pizza. You have that accent? When I would s- talk that way to them so they would be confused about who I was. Because I right. don't want them to know it's me. Right. They don't want... They, they already pay you to do these terrible ads. They pay me in pizza as it is. They're like, you have enough pizza, Levy. But if they don't know yeah. it's me, I gotta have my pizza! You know? Then they're like, oh, that this crazy dude. <laughs> we gotta give him his pizza right now. Kind of a thing. Were you being like a character from Ozark or something? I like know Like what, one I, of the hillbilly characters? No, I'm not sure what I was... I feel it's unclear. Okay. It's unclear. I, I don't know. I just, any voice that wasn't very clearly mine is what I was going for there. Okay. Well, and like I, a little crazy, <laughs> a little bit messy. There you go. You did it. Yeah. Thanks. Um, Nitrogen, of course, <laughs> has our monthly Poker Guys tournament mm. last Sunday of every month. Use mm. the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up or you don't even get access to that phenomenal tournament. Tasty. It tastes good. Like a, like a sexy robot. <laughs> sexy robot. Yeah. <laughs> they can make them taste like anything. It's robots. Um, Delicious. <laughs> Nitrogen will eventually be in that business as well. Uh, mean, but in the course. meantime, they're in the poker business, and that's great for you because of using the link in the description. You can also sports bet. They have casino games. They do special promotions for you guys all the time. If you use the link, we'll catch you there. Nitrogen. Yeah, if you fall, don't worry. We'll be there to catch you. I don't know if I would promise that. I just did. Okay. And it's, and it's a guarantee. <laughs> all right. For me, no matter where you are. Wow. Yeah. Try it in your living room right now. You see how you see how there's only one set of footsteps on this beach? That's where we carried you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I feel like we once again did an ad that only slightly got derailed for a little bit. It's pretty sure. good. Only the, slightly. The, the accent thing and the the sexy robot thing. <laughs> I don't know. Good times. All right. Three three deuce rainbow board. Right. Three clubs, three diamonds, deuce of spades, ace nine. For Danny Tang, Ace of Spades, Nine of Diamonds. Pedro Marquesh, Marquish. Now I'm saying it Aha! Victory! He did it. He's got 10-3 of hearts. So Where's my pizza? <laughs> he flopped drapes. The turn improves Marquish's hand. It's okay. the 10 of Diamonds. He's now got a full house. Man. It's entirely locked up now. Yeah. Marquish is going to bet. Sure. Do you think it's wise sometimes to check here? Like, Tang is going to bet a lot of the time on the turn if Marquish checks twice, right? Um, I think the, okay, the question I don't think is so much about, um, are we going to get about a 10? Cause I agree with you. We're going to see a fair amount of bets on, on the 10 turn. Uh, I think the question is what path do we take to getting it all Yeah, the most, right? And if we have a bluffy image, which I believe Marquish has, yeah. I believe we probably get it all more of the time by going bet, bet, mm than by going check raise or check and hope he shoves the river. Right. Is my guess. Yeah. It's like he's, he's going to check back the river all day and if, if we call and if we check raise all in, unless he has a 10 where we're getting it no matter what we do, uh, you know, like I, I feel like we probably, if we have a bluffy enough image, again, I think we do, we probably do better just going bet, bet, hero baby. Uh, you, you checked it back. You, you have a showdownable hand to some degree most of the time. Most right? of the time. 
Yeah, that's reasonable. Markish does want to bet. He does bet big. He bets 375 into 450 with his yeah. full house. This is cool. This is yeah. cool for a few reasons. Um, number one, it looks like he's trying to get a fold, right? Yeah. He's not betting 175 or 200K and saying, like, I have a little something, baby. You know, like, let me try and squeeze a little value. Call, hero, call me with, because the math is right. He's saying, yeah. like, I'm bluffy fold, right? Sure. That's beautiful. And the other thing this does, which is, I think, part of his sizing for sure, is by betting 375, if he gets a call from Danny Tang, and guess what? Danny Tang ain't going to fold. Otherwise, this wouldn't be a breakdown hand. Uh, the river is set up for almost a perfect pot size shove. Yeah. Where Danny Tang's stack in the, in the pot are almost the same. So that's kind of beautiful. Yeah. Do you think Tang should ever consider folding? On the turn. Yeah. I mean, I think you should at least consider it. Let's take a moment and think about it, right? Um, I think Mark Keish would bet a 10 or a 3. Yep. I think he would bet straight draws. Yeah. I don't know if he would bet just other random stuff. He might bet other random stuff because of his... Uh, bluffiness. Bluffiness and range advantage on yeah. this board. The 10 is not a terrible card at all, obviously, for Danny Tang. The 10 is a neutral card. The deuce 3-3 three, three flop is Markish. Yeah. It's got to be, right? Yeah. Uh, especially with the infinite defending range, like right. we were saying. So, mm, I don't know. What was the question? <laughs> if you should call if you're Danny Tang. Yeah. Um, I mean, the whole point of checking back was to call, right? Yep. If we think this guy's super bluffy, then sure, sometimes the 10 hits him, but mostly it misses him. Mostly we have the best hand still. Yep. If we call, he's going to give up a lot on the river anyway. We don't have to put any more chips in. Sometimes we river an ace, and we're good. Sometimes we river a nine, and we're good. Not that often. Like, usually we're way ahead or way behind with, if you know, the nine yeah. shouldn't matter as much, but maybe a little bit. Might matter a little bit. Um, like, we're, a nine now beats a deuce, I guess. There's not much there. Yeah. Um, I think we're supposed to call because we checked, and that was the whole plan. Yep, I agree. It isn't like... Also, what, there are cards that could have come that maybe I'd be a little less interested in calling, like a four, five, or six I'd be a little less interested in calling. Although, it still just went check, check on the flop anyway. So, even then, like, we have no information about this guy's holdings anyway, right? Yeah, I think we have to call. Yeah, me too. That sucks. What, that's what Danny Tang does. But, you know, you're Danny Tang. You don't care. You made $1.8 million in one event. Yeah. It's all the same. Do you, you. You, it's 5K you spit on this bet. 5K buy-in? I, I shit out 5K <laughs> buy-ins with my corn. <laughs> okay, good. Good. Could someone submit that as well to yeah, the podcast awards? Yeah. <laughs> just that, that one line. should just go straight to the Oscars. <laughs> that, that might win an Oscar for best podcasting. <laughs> That's that would be pretty exciting. Yeah. All right, one point two million in the pot. And okay. as, as you said, Tang has one point one eight million remaining, so it's about <sighs> a pot size bet. So you're aware of this is Danny Tang that like you're gonna get shoved on sometimes, yeah. obviously. Like it's all very clear. Yep. And you have to decide, well, we'll figure it out when we get there. Well, if you knew you were drawing dead, you wouldn't have called. That's true. I'll tell you that much. That's uh, probably right. The river is the nine of spades, so Tang does make a pair. Yeah. So deuce three, three, ten, nine board. No flush draws came in. There's no real blocker stuff going on at all. I guess the plan has to be enacted now by Marquise, right? It's pretty simple. It's super obvious what Marquise should do here, right? Now, should we consider a smaller bet than an all-in? Is it is it worth thinking about betting more like five fifty or something? Because Tang rates to have a lot of ace highs here. Yeah, he does. I mean, is he really going to call 550 versus 1.2 million that differently at frequency huge, wise with ace high? I think I think you're supposed to when it's your tournament life. Yeah. Chips be, as we know, chips become more valuable the fewer you have in a tournament. You also are left with nine blinds when you're wrong yeah. instead of zero, which right. is your point, I guess, the same. But nine blinds, it isn't like two blinds. Like it's nine blinds. It's actually like a workable amount yeah. if you do that. 
Um, it looks a little value-y. Yeah. Now, maybe none of that matters. Maybe we're like levels upon levels, and all sizing doesn't convey very much anymore. Right. And it might be just a simple thing of like, Ace High calls more at 550. Right. It calls more than twice as much at 550. The thing yeah. is, we might be up against a 10. Yeah, as might well, because he called 375 he on might, the turn. Yeah, that's true. If he's got a 10, he's going to call the all-in against us. Now, we us. block a 10. It would be better if yeah. we didn't block that 10. Agreed. But we do like having a full house. That part's good. And there's still it are, doesn't matter. We're still two 10s On this type of board, we're very happy with trips is the course. best hand. I'd rather not have a 10 if I okay. had to choose. Oh, sure. Fine. But like we do. But there's still two 10s to be had. Yeah. Um, if we're seen as bluffy, I like a shove here. I say, let's go ahead and play up that image, baby, and like hope he has a 10 or a hand he can call with. Yeah. I assume he's not calling that much almost no matter what we do, you know? Yeah, or, I mean, I think, I, I think that's a good thought process. It's just like, I feel like I've done that type of thing so many times, and so often they like tank forever and fold, and I I'm know. like, should I have just bet less? Like, yeah, I understand. Did I fuck that up? Yeah. Well, as long as you're going to balance that with a lot of bluffs, doing, uh, t- taking similar lines, it's fine that they fold a lot, though. That's yeah, balance. Thing. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about playing in like $550 tournaments over here, man. Like, yeah. balance against these people? Well, apparently, if they fold all the time, you should be bluffing more. Yeah, I guess I should. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I, I was very successful in this room. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe there's a way to be even more successful yeah. then. Um, but I understand what you mean. The, the sort of, not that this is what happens with Marquis here, but the almost frustration of like, the amount of times in my life when I've like check, raise, flop, or turn on a draw, like on a gut shot, hit the gut shot, bet the river, and then they fold. And it's like, I finally have something, and they fold. You yeah. Know? And it's like... They never do what I want them to do. I wanted them to fold last street. Now I want them to call. I mean, obviously, it's a good outcome, but it feels like either one would have been more satisfying than getting there and not getting paid, you know? Well, another thing in favor of moving in to, to add on to your thoughts yeah. is that it, I assume Marquise knows who Tang is at this point. He's like, this uh, is a guy who's going to be willing to call it off if he thinks right. it's the right thing to do, and he's not going to be cowed by the moment at all. That's a great... And yeah, the, yeah, the moment, the, the ladder, the money, any of that stuff is all like, whatevs. Yeah. I'm Danny Tang, yo. Send me to space. I piss on you. <laughs> I'm Danny Tang. <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> we went in really different directions. I, I hope Danny Tang hears this. I said, send me to space. You said, I piss on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could, do, you could be both the same person. Yeah, it's true, actually. It's like, I deserve to go to space, and I can piss on you if I want. I can piss on you while I'm being sent to space. Yeah. I'm versatile. Yeah, I'm Danny Tang. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I think he's a good candidate to move in against. I agree. I agree. The guys who are going to be like, I, the plan was to call, so of course I call. And like, because that's how I'm successful. I do that. I just do the thing and don't worry about it. Those are the guys you should be, they're going to be a little more price insensitive. Do you think the nine matters at all for Tang? Because Marquise does move in. Let's say it was another, a deuce is actually pretty bad because then, then Marquise could have a deuce and it would be a reputable story that he could actually have deuces full. Whereas when the deuce doesn't pair, he never shoves a deuce, right? So there's more that you're beating. I have no idea what he's doing with the deuce. I understand you're saying he never shoves the deuce. I understand why you would say that. Yeah. But I don't know if that's actually true. A, if we think Ace High might consider calling us, it could be a merge type spot. That would be gross, but yeah. Yeah, it'd be super gross. Yeah. I agree. This could be a mergey play to shove the deuce, where like sometimes you get called by worse, sometimes you fold out better. You don't really know. But hey, you block deuces full, let's go get the hell out of my pot. I don't know, maybe call. Sometimes that'll be good too. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's really doing that. I think, I think, well, the, the most good players aren't. I'll say yeah. that, right, anymore. Like, right. back in the day, they did, but they don't really do that anymore. Um, I don't know how good Marquise is. I know he's pretty bluffy. He may take a lot of weird swings. It seems unlikely he's doing this with a deuce, but I don't want to completely rule it out. Well, that's good that we hit the nine then. Right. That's the, that's the one place where the nine helps us. 
is there. You would think the nine almost never matters, though, having said all of that. Right, because it's not like we block nines full on a meaningful way. Marquise is almost always shoving that preflop. Oh, yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. Um, I don't know that there's... Yeah, we don't block anything interesting here. Yeah. That's yeah, for so sure. And the, the hand value doesn't really change anything unless somehow Marquise is shoving a deuce, which I really don't believe he I is. I don't believe he's usually doing that. He'd probably bet less or check, right? Yeah. Um, he might check to call. He might bet small to get value out of ace high. Shoving seems like a weird decision. I mean, having said all the stuff I said before, I agree with you that it'd be pretty bizarre. I wonder if Tang's decision is the same if it's a queen on the river. I assume it is. Yeah. Then, Because if we don't think the nine matters almost ever, then, you know, cool. All right. We block 10-9. So is the plan just to call? The plan is to call? I don't know. Is the plan to call? Like, let's talk about it. For All right. Real. Let's, let's assume Marquise is not taking any random two cards and bluffing, or else it's going to be impossible to analyze. Let's at least give him some coordination with the board for his bluffs. Okay. Do we think he's doing this with any 10 for value? We can, let's say no deuces. Let's not go that far. But I think it's possible he's doing it with any 10. It's 15 blinds. He's got a lot of chips. He can decide to just, like, shove a 10 for value, trying to get called by, like, what? Yeah, shouldn't you be a little concerned about better 10s? Yeah, like... If we're trying to get called by pocket sevens, I would think bigger pairs are more likely there than pocket sevens anyway. Like kings are going to be there way off more off. The pocket sevens are betting the flop. Yeah. Kings could check back the flop. Yeah. So, yeah. That I think maybe if Marquise is doing this with a 10, it's just like queen 10 and king 10. I think ace 10 shoving preflop. I yep. think you have to be able to beat more tens, you know? Okay. That's reasonable to me. Um, it comes down to if you think that... Uh, Tang is bluffy or valuey with his plays. You know what I mean? Like, like is he going to have like? Is he going to just um, weight his his frequencies more towards bluffs or not? If we check, so if we check and he has misses, if he has like an ace high, is he going to like try and get us off certain things, uh, like a deuce, or is he just going to check it back? If he um, if he has a ten, is he going to go for max value? Like, is he base? Are we basically getting it in against a ten anyway? Is what I'm asking. Because if we are, maybe there's value in trying to get him to hero, or is there value in trying to get him to bluff? That's the question we have to ask. Yeah. If we're getting in against all tens, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess we're not folding ten four. No if way. he shoves, we're calling. if we check, we're calling for sure. Yeah. So it sucks, but we have to call. I think. So it comes down to if he heroes with weaker hands than a ten. Yeah, or if he's very bluffy with his ace, if he turns his ace highs into a bluff rather than check back. Well, I think he's going to hero more often than than um, than bluff ace high. It's not great for Tang if. Let's let's assume for a second that Marquise's value range goes as low as ten four. Okay, and that includes unsuited because of his infinite defending range. Right? Sure, what the hell? That's that's a ton of combos that we're starting off with that we're losing to. That's not great. Yeah, as Tang. Yeah, and then of course then there's all the combos of threes, which are a lot of combos of threes as well. Maybe all of the combos yeah. of threes, or, or almost all. Of and them, then the bluffs are you know they're relatively numerous, but it's not it's probably not nearing those levels of combos if they have reason behind the bluffs. Now, if you add in random cards, then the equation opens up again. Yes, that's right. But if you're doing it with all ace fours, ace fives, five sixes, four fives, and four sixes, um, that's, what, five times 16, right? So that would be 80 if that's Yeah, 80, 80 combos of bluffs. But that's, that's dwarfed by... The amount of dwarfed, dwarfed, dwarfed. Also, it wouldn't be sixteen because we have an ace in our hand as Danny. Right, of course, so you're right. Remove some of those. Yeah, we can remove four from each of those. Yeah, so, so we remove eight. So it's a little bit less. Yeah, seventy-two combos. Um, yeah, 
now we probably remove some more because Marquise is probably shoving ace four and ace five preflop sometimes. Probably is a lot. So uh, you're down to around fifty five or something. Okay, sure. And then, but the value is so so numerous. This is also assuming some stuff though that I don't know if we can assume or not, which is. On the turn, Marquise may just be taking a shot with his whole range after it goes check, check on this board. Yeah, and then you it's think not he's crazy. taking another shot? Some of the time, well, well, now he's got a lot more fluff. Right? Yeah. So some of his hands, he may take another shot with not just the ones you said. Like, yeah. Because five, six really plays the same as, you know, eight, seven, eight now. Right. Or jack eight or something. It's like jack eight's a little bit better, but they both lose at showdown. Like, You'd actually prefer to have hands that are closer to the 10 so that uh, that's you, a good point. You block some of the 10 combos. The 10 would open on the button. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd rather be moving in with Jack high. Here. Yeah. A Jack eight is pretty good. Yeah. Right. Cause maybe eight ten suited would open also yeah. probably not eight ten off, but still we block a few more things. Yeah. Right. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's a great point. So yeah. So maybe we're going to check six, five and just know we lose sometimes, mm-hmm. but we bluff with our Jack eight. But the point is if he takes a shot on the turn with a lot of things, which is not crazy, he may have just a lot of bluffs here too, and if that's true, and then also we can it, we also were assuming ten four plus. What if it's actually queen ten plus for value? You know, then that changes the equation a lot in favor of calling as well. Right, because he has a lot less value. Yeah, right. right. I think we would just have to assume that he's going to move in with any ten though, because it's a pot size bet. I just I kind of just assume. So from like, should we should we play this as Danny Tang for straight chip EV and not consider the ICM because yes because of the current money jump situation. So it's a straight two-to-one thing. If we can like engineer in our mind twice as many bluffs as value combos, we can go ahead and call. Okay, that's pretty good. By the way, the money situation is such that, yeah, there's literally no jump from 13th to 12th even. And then the next few spots after that is just a $13,000, $14,000 jump. It just doesn't get interesting for a while. Like this, eighth place, it starts to get a little interesting. With the level of knowledge about Marquise that you and I have, Jonathan, yeah. I feel like this is like among the closest spots I can think of that we've done. Like I could, mm. I could really just toss a coin about this spot. Yeah. I mean, the thing that we have going for us for folding is we still have chips. Yeah. Like we we still actually still have a, 15 a blind stack yeah. here. I mean, I, I'm sure this is true for you too, but I've made 15 blinds last like literally a day and a half before in like sure. big tournaments. You know, you just like, Jam when it's time to jam, fold a lot, wait, 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 and suddenly you look up and there's four players left, you know, and it's just like, oh, cool. Well, let's do the thing we sometimes do. What does it look like okay. in all the scenarios, right? Yeah, good. So calling and losing, that's obviously a bad scenario. That's, a, that's where we go out. We go out, we go out, we <laughs> make 103K. Okay. Yeah. Um, if oh. we fold, we have 15 blinds. Okay. So that's a workable stack. Obviously, we're not in the driver's seat. We're not super happy about it. It's not it. that different than 22. It is different. You can do a little more with 22 blinds. Like, you have better squeeze opportunities with 22 right. blinds. But even 15 blinds, you have reasonable squeeze opportunities. Someone opens, someone else calls, you shove 15 blinds. Both players fold a lot. Yeah. Like, especially at this le- level of a tournament where the blinds are so big. Like, you're going to be pretty successful squeezing. We call and we win. We have yeah. 3.6 million. Okay, so now we've got like forty six blinds or something, yeah. right? Forty five. That's a serious. Blinds. That's a serious stack, and we're a serious yeah. player who can push people around. We it. have three times the amount of chips we have if we fold here. Yep, that's and, interesting. And we don't get to push people around when we have fifteen bigs. No, but if you're Danny freaking Tang of the resume that we earlier stated, and there's thirteen players left in a five k, how many of those are spots that are going to be overfolding, and we are willing to take advantage of that? Those 46 blinds become extremely valuable as bully chips. Yeah, just looking at who was left um, 
in this tournament when there's 13 left. Ben Heath is still around. You can't push him around. No, you cannot. John Juwan is around. I doubt you can push him around. No, you cannot. I don't really recognize anyone else's name. Now, some of these guys may be people, yeah. you know, to differing degrees. But even like, like well-known guys and successful guys can get pushed around in certain There's spots. at least five players you can push around, right? Minimum. Probably more on this one as I look at the field and like literally don't know who almost And Danny is. Tang is probably a guy who's willing to do that. I would think so. I think it's a perfect spot for him. He's like, yeah, yeah, you care about the $30,000 money jump, and I don't. That makes the difference between 15 blinds and 46 blinds massive for him. Yeah. Massive difference. That's a good point. So, like, he makes this call. He's right. He then can, in theory, leverage this new 45-blind stack to turn it into, like, a 60-blind stack without too much Without, without a showdown a lot of yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without, Obviously, it's not always going to work. But And then he turns that 60-blind stack into winning the tournament, like, right. a bunch. So, like... This could really propel him in a, in a way because it opens up so many options. So if Marquise is this bluffy guy, yeah. if you add in all these other factors, I think you have to call. Yeah, I think you're probably right, especially because... No, I think you're right. I think you have to call. Like, who we are really plays into all of this, yeah. like, on both sides. I right. Think. Marquise like, is the bluffy guy, and I'm the guy who, if you give me chips, I will crush these people. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a call. Yeah, we're not in any kind of big ladder ICM spot either. Nope. That's great. So, you know, you can't, like, say, like, oh, what a huge... That cost him $85,000 there. Although, if you're Danny Tang, maybe that's fine anyway. Yeah. But even then, that's not in play. Like, right. it's, it's an especially good time, I think, to do this. Yep. That's what he does. He calls. Wow. He's definitely wrong. He's very wrong. But at least the guy turned over, um, like, a full house. Yeah, really good hand. When they turn over, like, pocket seven, sevens here, or, Not that he can never have pocket... Yeah, ten, ten well, four. Well, you, you beat pocket sevens. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. He turns over 10 4 then. Yeah, yeah. Like something you're like, oh, that sucks. He got me. Yeah. I could have maybe just bet the flop. But like, there's nothing you can do to. If, if you were always going with this hand against him, like if you're, especially if you're like, I bet the flop, he check raises, I'm calling. Yeah. It's all the same. Right. right? You're just always going with this hand against him, and so be it. I um, think it's probably a fine call and maybe correct yeah, if, you're, th- if you're Danny Tang and all the factors we said. I think you're matter. right. I, I didn't know we were, we were going to come to this. I thought we were probably going to think it was like stretching a little yeah. bit too much. But now that we're actually here, I think, I think it is a fine call. Yeah. The situation stuff really matters for this. Like being able to sit back and say, where does this leave me in the tournament if I call and I'm right? Yeah. You know, like what, what, how does that set me up? Is, there, is something that like we started talking about, I don't know, 18 months ago, 24 months ago, a, a fair amount yeah. on these things. And I feel like that's a, that's something that is not talked about enough. Like when you're talking about analyzing hands and right. stuff like that, um, not just with us in the world. I mean, like watching commentary on poker, mm-hmm. they never talk about that piece of it. Right. right. Um, now they can see who's winning and who's losing. So it's hard to think about it in that way. Yeah. But, but that's a really big deal of like, well, okay, sure. I lost, but if I called and was right, like, oh, my God, I win the tournament so much more often. Like, right. Versus I called and I was right, and it doesn't really change anything anyway. Like, sometimes we see that. Like, yeah. oh, winning that, I, winning that ICM-wise actually doesn't really change much. Yeah. But losing was devastating. You yeah. Know? So this feels different. It does. Um, ultimately, this was the end of Tang, obviously. No. S- send him to space. <laughs> He'll be on you. <laughs> and then Marquise, Marquise ended up getting fourth, right? For uh, well, it seems like they made a deal forehand, didn't he end up with over eight hundred k? Yeah, they made it. Uh, they yeah, four. They did not make a deal until forehanded, but then they did. Third and fourth both got about eight hundred thousand dollars, and then first and second, who are two other dudes who I've never heard of, both made about one point two million. Good so, day at the office. Pretty reasonable day from right. a five thousand dollar buy in. Let's uh, take a look at what the solver had to say about all this. Hell yes. <laughs> All right, did Danny Tang do it right? Was he supposed to bust in this tournament? Another Danny has the answer. That's Danny Sprung. 
Whoa, the Dannys. The two Dannys. That's a great name for a movie. I'm making it. Yeah. With Robert De Niro. And Danny DeVito. And Danny DeVito. But they're going to name Robert De Niro Danny in the movie. No, no, no. I'll have another Danny. This is what a, this is what society has feared forever is is the Dannys getting together and starting a thing. Who's another famous Danny? Besides Danny, there aren't any. That's Danny Boyle? Problem. No, he doesn't count. Uh, Danny Boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling. Thank you. Okay, we can, we'll go with him. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Let's go with the solver and see what okay. the solver had to say. The most surprising thing, according to the solver on the flop, is that Tang is supposed to bet his entire range on the flop. Yeah. Um, even wants him to bet big with this hand and small pocket pairs. To just like be like, get out of my pot. Equity denial is my goal in right. life. Don't just call me with two overs, you bastard. Right. Um, so what, what Danny Sprung said to us in his analysis of this is the check back will lead us to a branch of the tree that won't get used. I mean, wow. That is, that's some solver talk that you don't want to hear if you're Danny Tang. Two paths diverge in the wood, and I, I chose the one... Less travel. I imagine that has made all the difference. <laughs> I imagine Tang pretty well knows this solver stuff, but is is I mean, playing pure exploit in this case. I would hope so, or he just doesn't know the solver stuff. But Danny Tang, as we as we I think have mentioned, is uh, really put together and is very successful. So you're right. He must think. Yeah, Mark Markish is the guy who you could maybe induce this way, right? Tang is actually supposed to fold this exact hand ninety five percent of the time, but. Once again, we are on a branch of the tree that doesn't get used, as Danny Sprung said, so that, that leads to some weird outputs because right. ace-nine-off is calling 23% of the time, according to the solver. Uh, having the nine of diamonds takes it down to 5%. <laughs> I mean... Because we block well, the, the, the draw that is not ace-high, I guess. But at, if we think that what's going on is uh, Tang is checking back to induce... It would be really weird to fold here, right? Yes, it would. So just keeping that in mind. The solver doesn't know how to induce yet. Understood. Um, anyway, he calls. <laughs> we get to the river. Uh, Pio jams Marquise's hand 65% of the time, so not the entire time. It, I think it's afraid that it blocks too many things that can call, especially the 10 on the turn. So is it checking the rest, or is it betting small? Do we know? Uh, we believe it is checking. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Interesting, so it's going to induce itself. Um, a checking or betting small, actually, is what okay. it says. So, I mean, th- I guess that both makes sense because you block the 10, which is one of the most likely calling hands. So to have the 10-3 makes it more difficult to get called, so you want to bet smaller or check and induce. Also, diamonds missed, I yeah. guess. So, like, give diamonds a chance sometimes. Right. Now, now that we're here, the 9 of diamonds doesn't matter to Tang's hand anymore. It actually wants me to call 91% of the time. So oh. now that we're here, Danny Tang did it right. <laughs> as long as he chooses... Completely unknown paths in yeah. the, begin- the first two choices he has. This one, sure. That's what the solver says. That's so, what the machine thinks. So it's kind of like Pio got seated down at a table in a universe that it's never once existed in before. It went through like a quantum transformation. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, I still have my basics. I understand that I have to call with this hand in this spot. I, I would never be here except that I'm in realm 328B. So it's, it's like when someone posts a hand on Reddit or something and, and everyone's like, well, as played on yeah. the turn. Like, I would never be here with this in this spot, but as played. The solver is a little salty, isn't it? it it's solver's a, making a lot of meta commentary the yeah, whole time. Yeah, it really is. That. It really is. Music is my sunlight and all I need is one mic. And I can show everything. MC, how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm gonna be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home.